Creator. It's a Saturday podcast show. It's James Burford here with uh, Lewis Phillips, MX Vice Editor. Hi, what's going on? Good, good. How was your day? It was great. Really good. Long, tiring, but didn't rain. And we're in England in March, so that is what I would call a success. And how good was the track? It was maybe the best I'd ever seen it. It was kind of the perfect mix, mix, mix of there being moisture in the ground from recent rain, but then it was kind of sealed a little bit. Like Everything just has come together to make prime conditions. There's lots of lines. Every rider has said it's great for passing, which I don't think was the case as much last year. So always good, I think. So that stands us in, uh, in, in a good place for tomorrow with um, uh, the racing. Yeah, and especially considering some key guys didn't have the greatest qualifying. So the fact that they can move forward, and we even saw it today with Max Anstey and some others. So it's not going to be a one-line parade out there. Like yeah. we should have a good day, and the weather's even going to be slightly better. So, so we might see some sun. We might see some sun, and we might stop shivering. <laughs> yeah, this. Uh, if you're thinking about coming down tomorrow, I suggest you do because I think we're in. I think we're definitely going to see a, a Brit on the podium. Oh yeah, I'd be shocked if not. There's many options. We may even see two. So we might see some sun, a Brit on the podium, and we're definitely going to see some good racing. Yep, we had that today, so I see no reason why it wouldn't happen tomorrow. Cool. Um, do you want to talk us through what happened in MXGP? Yeah, MXGP first. Let's do it. Well, Caroli took the lead on that one, dominated, looked amazing, was the fastest rider, and didn't win <laughs> because uh, he crashed twice on the last lap. But do you know what happened? He crashed. He like slid out in the corner before the waves rhythm section thing and got up just be- just behind Geyser like right on him and then in the last corner he tried to run it around the outside or rail around the outside of him and beat him to the line and slid out again which I'm not sure why he cared about pole position that much because like he was I guess he was just frustrated with himself for throwing it away but it didn't go well but he came second and compared that to Argentina qualifying which was a disaster, and he still went 1-1 the next day, so yeah. I don't see it. And in the uh, MX5 show this week, I said he goes 1-1 here and 1-1 in Volkenswad, and I stand firmly by that. Because right the way up to that point, well, up to the point where he, he dropped it, he, he literally just checked out. He was gone. So do you think that's a case of um, a little bit of complacency, just lost a little bit of concentration, um, maybe is a little bit too comfortable? You could say that. But then also it had rained a little bit earlier this morning. So I feel I think a few people did say it was quite slick in spots. So it could be any number of things. But although we say Crowley was dominant and he had everything under control and all of that fun stuff, guys that did have the fastest lap of the race and he actually set the fastest lap of the race multiple times. So the speed was there and he actually got an awful start. Like, I don't know if he spun off a metal, but he was bike links behind going into the first turn. And when I saw he was in fourth on lap one or two, I was shocked. Like. That was quite a recovery. So if he starts with Caroli, who knows? He was fast all day, so it's wrong to write him off. No. Or rule him out. Yeah, I, I agree. He looked he looked great throughout the whole race. Uh, and what about qualifying? Was there anything you've seen within qualifying from, from either rider to, to say anything else? I just stand by Caroli 1-1. Guys are 2-2. The rest is up for grabs because Van Horbeek backed up Argentina, even though... Um, in time practice, he was going for a fast lap on the very last lap, and he had, I don't know what happened, but on the long sweeping turn after the quad, he washed out or dug the front end or something and crashed and took quite a while to get up. I don't know if he winded himself or something, 
and I thought maybe that would kind of knock the wind out of his sails a little bit. But just before that crash, he'd set the session best time in Sector 2. So he's obviously feeling it. But uh, yeah, he was slow to get up after that crash and eventually got up, rolled back to the finish. And I thought maybe this is where it starts to unravel a little bit, like we've seen when he gets back to Europe in the past. But uh, apparently not, because he was third in qualifying. Battled with Paulin, Sewer, gave Geyser a run for a little bit. Like, he looks like he belongs up there. It doesn't look like he's lacking anything with his bike or team or anything. Like, it looks like it's all working and maybe we do see multiple podiums out of him and maybe we have the same three riders on the box as we did in Argentina tomorrow but then again Paulin looked unbelievable again he looked like a happy Paulin which is what he keeps saying over and over again and I'm actually starting to see what he means because he looked fluent looked flexible looked like he could do whatever he want put the bike wherever he wants it I was actually surprised he didn't get Van Horbit because he had a few stabs at him but just couldn't make it happen but he looked great Max I said uh, after Argentina that Max rode better than his results indicate because just watching him, he looked so at one with the bike and just visibly fast. And it was the same today. I think he started like 14th, 13th. He was definitely outside of the top 10 and he cut through the pack. Like, I think I saw him pass three riders round the outside on a straight. Like, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing. If, if Max can get out start tomorrow, he was looking incredibly good at it. Yeah, I was monitoring lap times, comparing him, obviously not comparing him to Crowley and Geyser, but I was comparing him to Van Horbeck, Paulin, Sewer, that top five, and he was faster than them for the last seven or eight laps. And those riders that were in the top five were locked in a battle, so it wasn't like they were, um, it wasn't like they were complacent or anything. They were fully pushing, and he was a second or two a lap faster, so... I fully expect him to be in the top five, if not on the podium tomorrow. So one of the, the we, obviously in free practice, uh, DeSalle was going very, very well, putting in some really fast times. What happened in a race to DeSalle? I don't actually know yet. I just randomly saw his name pop up in 20th. And weirdly, I noticed he was in 20th quite early on and he didn't really go anywhere from that point. So yeah, I don't like, know if he crashed on lap one. He was nowhere, He was never up there at any point. So I presume something happened to him on lap one, but we'll he get didn't to the seem to come through. No, as well as he, he which did is odd because other Argentina. riders had no problems coming through. So it yeah. wasn't a track. And but then if he did crash on lap one, maybe bike was bent up. It could be anything really. Yeah, but we'll get to the bottom of that as soon as we stop recording. And also we should uh, mention um, Tommy Sorrell, who had an issue with the battery. Yep. Uh, five turns into the race and what are you going to do? The key thing though is for the second time in two rounds he had a very good start which isn't hasn't been his thing the last few years so if that's going to become consistent that's a platform he needs to build off of it and become a top five guy podium guy so I'm sure he's quite happy with how his starts are going and every fan here I'm sure feels the same like there's still positive things to take from his ride and I feel like good things are coming. Yeah. Although, from 35th gate pick, maybe not tomorrow. Well, you never know, because if he is feeling the starts, then maybe we can see what Caroli done last, well, the last GP with Argentina. I mean, can you see um, Tommy getting a good jump? Well, Sanai got the whole shot in the MX2 qualifying race from four gates on the outside of the box. So what, that would probably be 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's going to be a bit further along than that, but... I see no reason why he can't come out 10th, 11th, 12th. Yeah. And then obviously it's going to be an uphill struggle for him to get top five from that point, which he's more than capable of if he can start with the guys. Yeah. But uh, I'm not expecting him to go 20-20 and it should just be a write-off. I'm sure he'll still be top 10 both motos, if not top five. And uh, 
pushing the uh, established elite group. Uh, one thing we probably should say is uh, at one point it looked quite bad, but Josh Spinks um, was out there. I think he's in around about 17th, 18th yeah, place. 18th. Yeah, when he went down, and um, we've just heard that uh, it looks like his he's broke his fib, so it looks like he'll be out for between four to six weeks. But he was laughing and smiling on an electric bike, so uh, I don't think it's too serious. But it's going to set him back for a little bit. But it's good to see that he's uh, it wasn't anything more serious than what what he had. Yeah, it's not like he's laid up in hospital or anything. Like he's still at the track now, so that yeah. kind of tells you something about the severity of it. Yeah, um, I think uh, one person we need to talk about is Sewer, because his off-season was basically irrelevant because he had a really bad lung infection but basically stopped him doing anything, as we've alluded to before. Yeah. I think he came into Argentina with three weeks on the bike, which obviously switched to a factory team. There was a lot of change there, so yeah. not good at all. And for him to come out with a top 10 overall in Argentina was positive. And then today, practice times were good, whole shot the qualifying race, stuck in there for a little bit and held on for a top five but never lost touch with that Van Horvick pooling group. So, again, that's all positive things that are coming up. And he looks... Today, he kind of convinced me that he's a stronger rider than he was last year, which is promising. We just need him to get up to speed again. Yeah. But that's going to take time. The interesting thing was um, really the first lap from, from, from Jeremy. That it, it was super positive. Yeah. I feel this way stronger about the person who led MX2. So I'm not going to go on that little speech now because I'm <laughs> saving that. But when we get to MX2, you'll get my gist with uh, that. Yeah, one. no, I've got to say that uh, Jeremy did look really good for the first couple of laps. So if that's what we're going to see for the rest of the season, that's going to be an interesting story. I think a few people were surprised to see Lieber 8th. But that is what Lieber does. Lieber is a 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th guy. Yeah. I don't know why people underestimate him. I don't know why. But people seem to think he's just irrelevant on a 450. But... He is perfect for a second spot on a factory team. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't... He doesn't not deserve that Kawasaki ride. It's not like he belongs on a satellite team. Like, in my mind, he's just doing his job. And he's doing that consistently as well, so... Do you know, do you know what I think is uh, really interesting? It's how our microphones are able to pick up every single... I don't even know where that engine's yeah. coming from. Yeah, I don't know whether that's Hitachi. I don't know whether that is JWR. We're, we're kind of sat here and just picking up everything. So, uh... Yep, you've guessed it. We're this definitely. Is real. <laughs> this is a real podcast. We're really at Matley Basin. So, um, is there? I mean, was there any riders which gave you any inclination that they're going to be battling for top five tomorrow in MXGP? I think the top five is what we've said: uh, Caroli, Geyser, Paulin, uh, De I guess maybe I'll take De Sal out of that group now and put Van Horbeck in there. But coming in, I said it would be Caroli, Geyser, Paulin, DeSalle, Max. Max, yeah. I kind of wrote Van Horbeck off a little bit. Maybe I put him back there now. Yeah. But I can't see anyone really breaking those lot up. So, okay. and I think Caroli, Geyser have those top two spots on lock. And um, one person who did look good out there today was Tonus. Yeah. He looked, he kind of had a, he was a, there was a massive battle for third going on in front of him. And then there was a massive battle behind him. So he kind of had his own little race going on, but... Yeah. having a consistent race with absolutely no issues is no desperately drama. what he needs <laughs> so I'm sure he was just like relieved to actually do a race where someone comes up to him and goes how did it go and he's like well it was alright because yeah. recently it's been well that was a disaster yeah. pretty much non-stop so. but he just looked comfortable today he looked confident he looked comfortable and he he just looked like he's do you think it's a case that he just needs to get three or four rounds under his belt be healthy and then we're going to start to see him uh, step up you know, in the forthcoming rounds from Mantova onwards. I wouldn't expect him to be 
sixth overall tomorrow. I think this is where he would be. Once he gets up to speed sixth, which is what, where he placed in the qualifying race today, that is where he's going to be consistently when he's up to speed for the full length motos. Okay. I think that is kind of his ceiling a little bit. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. So um, I know that you like to do the things as a list. Yep. So um, is there anybody else on your list that you would like to uh, do? I'm. Well, I guess we should talk about Dean Ferris. Well, Dean was right out there in, was it sixth? Sixth, seventh. Yeah. Uh, practice wasn't good. Qualifying wasn't great. But it came through in the race and uh, we kind of saw what a good start can do. So. Yeah. It's loud in here. It's very loud. Loud <laughs> noises. Um, can we go on to MX2? Let's do MX2. Right. I don't even need you to set me up for this. I'm going to start with a little speech. Because... As with anything, obviously we're going to come to MX2 and I'm going to start with a rider in 19th, because where else would you go? So uh, Darian Sinai got the whole shot, led for two laps, yep. got back to 19th. That sounds like a disaster, because he didn't crash, none of that, but I've never believed more that once he gets up to speed, he's going to be winning GPs, podiums consistently, because obviously he's had Epstein Bar. He also bruised his tailbone in Argentina, so in summary, it's been a disaster. He's nowhere near full fit, he's nowhere near up to speed. He's basically just chugging along trying to race himself into shape. And the fact that he skipped free practice this morning just to preserve energy tells you something. Yeah. But for that two laps, which is basically all he had in a tank where he could push himself, he actually pulled away from all of the riders behind him. So just yeah. imagine if he was at his peak right now. I think he would have dominated that qualifying heat. Yeah, I agree. So, Watching him today made me, on one hand, I was super excited because I was like, I can't wait for him to get up to speed because that's going to be another guy in the mix. But I was also disappointed that we're not seeing him at that level. So, yeah. But all good things and you just got to give him time. Yeah. I... In fairness, he could probably get away with not being out there in the condition that he's had and everything, but he's soldiering on. I got quite excited when I've seen him on the first lap and I thought, oh, maybe he's he's fully recovered from it. And I was like, wow. Well, that's, the, that's why we need to address it because people probably thought, well, what the hell happened there? Yeah. But that's to be expected. He shouldn't, he's not in a position to battle for top 10 yet because he hasn't been riding, he hasn't been testing. He's been beaten up, ill, all of that. He's still lacking energy, so. Yeah. But in my eyes, it's all positive And that's just a glimpse of what people have seen in, from Sinai uh, for a few years now. Shades so, of red sand last year. So fr from, you know, from this perspective, I know we've spoken to, to Darian um, and we've spoken to a few people around him. So at what point do we expect uh, to see, for us to see the real Darian? I don't think there's a timeline on it yet because I think it could be a way off. Okay. I think even Mantova might be too soon and that's the beginning of May. Okay. But by that point, we should, he should be like 80, 90%, I guess. It'll take a while for him to get to the point of 100%. But he'll get close to that by Mantova, I presume. That five-week break, which is another off-season because of China, uh, Shanghai's movement, is yep. going to help all of those guys uh, get up to speed. But now we've done a speech about 19th, I guess we should move to the qualifying race winner. Well, I don't think we should. Why? Because if we're going from 19th, then uh, one person I want to kind of um, talk about was uh, Calvin Vlanderen today. I mean, I think on lap one, he was 34th. And uh, if anybody says that there's a, <laughs> they can't pass on this track, I think he managed to pass possibly 25 riders. 
uh, by the end of the race to literally come from actually when I spoke to him earlier he, he said he was dead last did so he say he, why he was dead last? Uh, I think he crashed in the first corner yeah that'll do it for you yeah so he came back from basically last to ninth yeah and, and ninth will give him a good enough position on the gate to my where he can win yeah and he looked good I and he was good if, here last year so yeah I think if uh, you know I know you're going to talk about Olsen um, but I do believe that uh, Vlandering is going to be very very good tomorrow you could say that I honestly believe there are 10 guys in MX2 who realistically, realistically think they can win tomorrow or have a, can build a case for that like it's wide open and I'm it's a shame that Prado isn't here and he may be back in Volkenswald but I'm hearing more of Trentino than I am Volkenswald from random people in the pits so who knows with that but while he's not here the racing is good and we shouldn't consider this as Prado season's uh, written off no not at all what did he start with in Argentina um, in 2018? Uh, less than 25 points, I think. Yeah. I think he went 17-7. So. And pretty much Jonas kind of dominated or had Prado covered for the first couple of rounds. Yeah, he swept the first three rounds. So, so he was quite, you know, the, the points all which uh, Jonas had on him at that point. So we shouldn't get too kind of focused on how many points he's yeah, going to be down. Basically, don't focus on the points, just enjoy the racing for what it is, because without him here, who knows, basically. Yeah. I would. Olsen could win, Jacoby could win, Watson could win, Evans could win, Muse could win, Vial could win, Flandering could win, Gertz could do something, Walsh could do something, yeah. like, Sterry can do something. Yeah. Just, who knows? Yeah, I, I spoke to Adam earlier, and Adam said he, he felt good. Um, he, he was just unlucky with... Um, Again, I think he had a a little crash. Hmm. I, I believe. I don't know if that's a hundred percent. Okay. Good to see that when you spoke to him, you got a hundred percent answer. Yeah. Well, it's it's been it's been a long period since I spoke to him in pit lane. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not feeling the best. I don't know if you can tell by my voice. Yeah, you sound like you're dying. Yeah, it's it's not good. But yeah, Olsen kind of controlled things. He worked through Jacoby Watson, which I guess you could consider his greatest competitors. Yep. If you remove Vlandering from the mix. How good today, though, was the back and forth from Jacoby and Watson? That kept me entertained. That was but brilliant. In one way, I feel like it was a bit of a dominant ride from Vla uh, from Olsen. Yeah. But Jacoby and Watson were right there the whole time. Yeah. I think it wasn't a dominant ride from Olsen, but it was a commanding ride from Olsen. Yeah. He kind of made a bit of a statement. And Jacoby... <laughs> when Jacoby is in a... What I've learned today is when Jacoby is in a battle for a good position, he will basically kill the other rider kill the other rider and himself basically he doesn't care what position it is what the race is like qualifying it's irrelevant really he will lay it all on the line hang off the back clip advertising banners do whatever he can to get a position a true racer yes <laughs> and I think that may have irritated Olsen a little bit because when Olsen finally made the move stick he ran him wide a little bit and there was a bit of attitude there ah that's cool because so rivalries rivalries are starting hey it isn't that good to see that from Molson? Because maybe, yeah, he's, a bit maybe of a, he's been a little bit kind of... He's quite a placid guy when you speak to him as well. Yeah, so. he's got a quiet de uh, demeanour and that kind of translates to his riding style. Like, when you look out on track, he doesn't grab your eye. No. So so actually to see that little bit of uh, aggressiveness... Maybe that says more about Jacoby than it does Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, but so, yeah, that Jacoby-Watson uh, battle was unreal. Yeah. They traded positions many times and... Uh, there's a random guy staring at me through the awning here, giving me a thumbs up, and I'm not sure why, and it's really throwing me off, but we're, we're focusing. The show will go on. But, um, yeah, but Jacoby Watson... 
And that just shows that we're live as well. I don't even know if anyone could hear that. There oh, we he's go. Now, he's now Matty Mo Joyce. Matty Mo Joyce. Yeah, yeah Matty Mo Joyce there we is go. here. We just give him a shout out. And fully ruining the Saturday show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I think Matty Mo Joyce may be drunk. Yeah, mate. I'm, no, I'm not going to do a blood test or anything, but. Yeah, he's a good a Oh, we now have Matty Mo Joyce's friend. He's <laughs> 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 trying to break into the audience. So, um. <laughs> but. <laughs> Let's, um, Matty, Matty Mo Joyce's friend is much more disruptive than Matty Mo Joyce. <laughs> but uh, the Jacoby Watson battle was unreal. Kept me entertained. Yep. Jacoby will live by the sword and die by the sword. Hello. And who knows what he's going to do tomorrow. Yeah. Look at me, true professional, because there are distractions here, and I'm getting my point across. I know, but, you're um, doing very well. Yeah. So, do, um, if Jacoby went that hard for second in a qualifying race, what the hell is he going to do for a GP win? Yeah. Ghosty his bike into the guy? Like, it's good to see that. I feel like we need that. We need these personalities, guys that will lay it all on the line, get a bit aggressive, you know? Yeah. Just people who are toe the line a little bit. Um, it's just good to have different characters. And Jacoby is a new one in that mix because obviously uh, he hasn't been at that level in recent years, aside from the podium in Trentino. There's uh, there's two riders which um, I flew a little bit under the radar today, and I expect both of them to do, uh, to do well tomorrow. So um, one of them was Comrade Muse. Yep. And the other one was Mitchell Evans. I do think that both of them have got a, you got a good chance of being in the top three tomorrow. From what I've seen today, I know, you, I know you're kind of looking at me a little bit strange. Oh, no, I'm looking at you a little bit strange because there's a floating head now trying to ruin the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that's... no, Mitchell Evans, okay, Argentina was one race. We'd only seen him at one GP. You can take from that what you will. Like, everyone wants to see more. Yeah. We saw more today. He's a podium guy. Yeah. And he is going to go far in MXGP. He's young, 20, I think, so he's got time. Yep. Like, he is quite beside him by 114. And he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury at the moment, from what I hear. Yeah. I don't know the severity. Lots of people have seemed to be a bit confused. Yeah. But I know he skipped the French elite round last weekend to nurse the knee a little bit. Okay. But from what I hear, that may have even impacted him a little bit in Argentina. Okay, So that's that gives you an idea of, A, how bad it is, and B, what he can do. Like, yeah. if that is actually impacting him... What happens when he's 100%? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a the, the Mitchell Evans bandwagon is rolling. Yeah, and I'm, I feel like I you need, to, say, buy, I'm a you big need fan. to buy tickets now. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think he's got a huge future. But yeah, a comrade starts again. Com it was a story in Argentina. Yep. I don't know what we've got to do. Actually, he started the second gate from the inside. Yeah. Servlin uh, was on the inside of him. Did you see how Servlin uh, had a real terrible start? Servlin uh, came out of the gate and hooked a 90 degree right. And could have well you, there was a video going around on Facebook or Instagram like of a random local race yeah. where someone comes out of the gate and just T-bones the person next to him that was basically serving him that almost happened oh wow so yeah but I don't think that impacted Muse maybe it spooked him a little bit yeah but uh, yeah Muse started uh, ended first lap 11th so was probably further back than 15th I yeah. guess on the first lap so for him to come back to 5th is a good sign yeah, I don't he, think he scored any points here last year, and there's no danger of that tomorrow. No, nah, he and was, if anything, his first podium could be on the horizon. Yeah, he was looking really good. The, the way he came through, and uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure. Quote me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't that far off. Um, was it Mitchell Evans in the end? Yeah, he moved forward the entire time. Yeah, creative with his lines, kind of 
never got caught up in the speed of the people who he was battling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he kind of got to a rider, picked them off, move forward. Yeah. He didn't spend four laps, two in and throw in, and then get trapped in their speed as you can. And it was all positive, yeah. like Argentina, but it's one of those rides that will fly under the radar. I, and I, I actually think he crashed. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but MX2 this year is really exciting. MX2 this year without Prado is unreal. Yeah. It's basically no different to 2013, the British GP. Uh, Herlin's injured his shoulder, coincidentally, the same as Prado the week before, and yeah. missed it. And that round was insane. Koldenhoff won the overall, his uh, first of his career, with a 3-4. <laughs> so if we have that tomorrow, then sign me up. Like, if we can have that at every round, yeah. like, get well soon, Prado, obviously. <laughs> we hope to see you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, is, is Any other riders there which... Uh you're kind of seeing on the outside I mean uh, we're looking at Jed Beaton who we expected to be in the top three and a lot of people probably out there looking at Jed Beaton and thinking oh what's happened to Jed Beaton this year but we know that he's recovering from an injury he rode twice before he came here I think his first day riding after his injury was Wednesday so I was like I kind of got caught wind that he was going to return here and I actually messaged him like is this a joke and he was like no I'm just going to get back into it and build up but I wonder if part of that is the fact that there is such a long break after Trentino. Riders kind of want to act now because otherwise they're going to be out for another two months. Yeah. So I'm sure. And 13th in the qualifying race is nothing. Like he was in a battle. It wasn't. He wasn't a distant 13th. So it's a good starting point, and it will take time. Not as much time as some other guys, but he'll be there eventually. Okay. So um, as far as the racing goes. Um what else have you learned today? Has there been any little insights? What you've got from uh, uh, any injuries, any recoveries from people from injury? I think Vassen has got some kind of hurt knee. I don't think it's an injury, like something serious. Yeah. But I don't know what happened in practice. I kind of heard it secondhand, but he came together with a slower rider or a slower rider re-entered the track without looking and just took Vassen out. Okay. So I think that held him back, which would kind of account for his 17th in the qualifying race. But uh, one rider who we haven't spoke about, who we need to, is Tom Vial. Are we ruling out a Tom Vial win? Am I crazy for saying that? Because uh, he's going to get the start. Okay, he didn't today. No. There's a high chance that he's going to get the start. If he takes the whole shot, can he just hold on? Because although he was running 4th, 5th, 6th for that entire MX2 race, he didn't really lose too much time to the leaders. And speaking of that, we should give Gertz a bit of credit because 7th looks a bit mediocre on paper. He was a solid fourth until he tipped over. Yeah. So he was looking good. he's another contender for a win slash podium tomorrow. Yeah. Who knows, basically. Yeah, I, I think you're right with you, and I think um, he's just going to get faster e e each week. The, the, more, the bigger he gets, the the stronger, the fitter. Because um, it is it is a jump from EMX 250 to MX2. Of course, and it's going to take. Um... Well, actually, I don't know if it is going to take time. I don't it think it's going to take time. time, but at the same time, I, I, I think he's just going to get stronger every round. The more he rides, the more I he feel, races. I almost feel like he's there. If he won tomorrow, I wouldn't be blown away. Would you not? I, I, would, I would be slightly surprised. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, what the hell have I just watched? Really? He's, if he's going to get the start, is it really unrealistic that he's just going to hold on? I think so. Gets the start, knows Prado isn't there, which I think for some guys is going to be a mental block. Yeah, but Gone. hold on. Does that add more pressure? Because is he feeling the weight of KTM on his shoulders? Oh, now? no, not at all. I think he already knows that he's exceeding KTM's expectations. Okay. I don't think anyone in KTM expected him to be top five this early on. I think they're 
like stoked beyond belief at okay. how he's riding. I just wouldn't be surprised if he takes a whole shot. If he starts third, it's not going to happen. If he takes a whole shot, I wouldn't be surprised to see him hold on for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. like. And then if he does it for that long, the wind isn't that far away. Okay. It, I'm not... By no means am I picking him or there are six guys I'd pick ahead of him to win. Yeah. But I'm not exactly ruling him out. Yeah. So, there you have it. Uh, Brent Van Donick withdrew on lap one, I think, with a mechanical issue, I believe. Is that uh, the Asamoto Honda? Uh, yeah. So, well... I say mechanical. He rode into pit lane, so he also okay. didn't crash out. No. But yeah. Uh, who else do we have in MX2? Dylan Walsh. It was good to see him kind of back to his normal self after yeah. he was very, very, very disappointed with Argentina. He was uh, in the mix in the lower half of the top ten. Okay. I think... Usland was just outside the top ten, was he? Yeah. And Revo have got special graphics this weekend, which makes them very hard to spot. Yeah. I was staring at this red and white Husqvarna for a lap thinking who the hell is that and then I remembered that Revo have different graphics yeah and and what's, is this to do with Seven the the brand I actually don't know I think it might be something to do with it at I first hope. I presumed it was because it was the team's home race but then red and white isn't exactly the British colours so no we're not Austria no or Japan um, two things what we probably have learned today is we, we've been talking to Kevin Strybos we have and we know that uh, Kevin is due uh, that he had a checkup. The elbow is is coming along nicely. He's then going back for uh, further consultation on April sixteenth, and you know hopefully he'll get the all clear to to ride then. And uh, it might we we kind of have been hearing through the grapevine that he could be trying out in the Swedish Championship just for that? race, which I think is literally about four days later. What, so on, on the same weekend as a GP? No, 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 this is in April, so oh. literally um, four days after the checkup, I think he's, oh, okay. he's then going to just uh, just try his luck at the, the Swedish Championship just to see what he's it's like. That's a, that's a uh, win for the Swedish Championship? Yeah, well, he was down actually to ride the Swedish Championship this year, along with um, Brylaikov. Um, Brylaikov was supposed to be doing 250, Swedish Championship, Strybos 450. So, um, and, and Brylaikov is obviously missing this weekend because uh, of a visa issue. Does Brylaikov's visa let him go to Sweden? I believe it does. Oh, that's good. I believe it's just a UK issue. I blame Brexit. It's definitely a Brexit problem. Um, so, all in all, we're looking at a really good weekend. Also, the Mikkel Harrop bandwagon. Oh. Do not be put off by 23rd in the qualifying race because we were good in practice. No, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this right now because I think you've jinxed him. Oh, he was fast in practice. How? He is in back. He's not going to win. He will be in the mix. Well, you said he was on the podium. At some point this year. This is round two. I'm not, I'm not worried you yet. You said he was on the podium. We have time. So no panic button? Why would it? Did you see his times in practice? He was third in a session. Wow. He, is, he has got the speed. He just needs to put together the rest of it. Okay. But we can okay. work with that. Yeah. Should we do predictions? Why Give not? me your uh, top three in MXGP tomorrow. In MXGP, I'm going to go um, Lusardi for the win. Oh my god, you you seriously think this is the funniest joke ever? What? The Argent most people don't even know what you want about. It was an Argentine wild card who James fell in love with while he was there. Fucking British, great name. Anyway, Salazar. your serious predictions for tomorrow? Uh, right, okay, serious. Uh, I'm going to go with. I need to be stupid not to Caroli. Way to go out there. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to argue with I'm not going to argue with you 
about Geyser second. I should have gone first. And um, but I do believe that Anstey will get third, if not second. But I'm going to go with third. Okay. Hmm. I'll go Crowley one one. Yeah. Geyser two two. And then it's between Paulin and Max for okay. third overall. I could see them going five three three five. Okay. I will lean towards Paulin just to be different at this point. Okay. And because I think his starts have been a little more consistent thus far this season than Max's. Okay. But it's going to be tight. Well. And if Max isn't third overall, he'll be fourth overall. Okay. Well, there we have it. And Which uh, again means I'm shitting on Van Horwick. He'll be there though. He'll be fifth overall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. No point showing up tomorrow. I've just basically revealed exactly yeah, so what's going to happen. Everybody else. Yeah, that's probably not a good good thing. Um, and MX2, I'm going to go with. Uh, I believe Olsen carries on because um, he looked good today. Okay, so we've kind of done the whole analysis from today. I've got one more thing to say. Oh Jesus. We didn't. We talked about the Watson Jacoby battle. Yep. Watson. Go on. Had the fastest lap of the race, and once again. I actually tweeted, like, it's about that time of the race where Watson catches fire, looked up, and he just set the fastest lap. Okay, and then what happened? He continued that speed. Okay. So, again, the intensity at the beginning seems to be the thing that we need to work on. Yep. I say we. We, yeah. <laughs> I'm not involved. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, can you let me in on no, this little um, secret? But, yeah, seems to be the thing that he needs to work on. Yep. Mm, he's... With his good start, it didn't hurt him too much today because he kind of stayed in that mix. Yeah. So, I wouldn't rule him out for the win. Because his speed is there, as it was last year. Fastest lap of the race, fastest sector times. What more do you want? So, uh, actually, uh, before we go into MX2 predictions, the other thing which um, you were quite uh, proud of today was that a lot of people agreed with you with the whole Prado Vial um, situation. That Vial could play into. Uh, could help everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I had lots of people agreeing with me on that theory. Even riders? Even riders that will go nameless. Okay. But there were some. People further down the order who agreed. Agreed, okay. Right, so MX2. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Olsen. I I do like Jacoby, but I, I just don't know if he's going to put a solid 2-2 in without having a little moment. He uh, clipped an advertising banner today. Exactly. And clipped for cardboard. Yeah. And he must have been a centimetre away from the wooden stake. Yeah. And it was on a fast part of the track, like... So he nearly impelled it himself. It could have been bad. Wow. I have no idea how he clipped for cardboard and not the wooden stake. Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan. I. I, I love the. I love his riding style. I love his his energy. However, you know, it's it's just that little. I don't know whether it's a concentration thing or whatever. But so anyway, uh, I'm going to go with Olsen. I'm going to go with Watson for second, and third, I'm going to go Mitchell Evans. I'm going to go Watson for the win. Wow. I, like, I like the fastest lap. Yeah. And I like the start. Yeah. And I like his ability to be like a diesel train and just bring up speed as the race goes on. I think that could. He might not lead for the entire race, but I feel like the last five laps are where he will. Are you still on about Watson now? Yeah. You're 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 comparing Watson to a diesel train. Yeah, something that like it's going to get better as the race goes on. Is that not a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I... Is that a different bag of fish? 
No. Okay. No, anyway, either way, Ro uh, Watson, <laughs> Roxon is what Ro I was saying. Rox Roxon. Uh, Watson is my pick for the win. And okay. two. Yep. Olsen will be second. And I'm going to give Jacoby third. I was going to give it to Vlanderin, but I'm scared about his Do chance. Do you know what? I just, I just forgot about Vlanderin. I'm and I've also about, forgot about Muse. Even though he's on the ninth, ninth gate pick isn't terrible. I'm just scared about his starts from there. Uh, do you know what? I, I, but then Sanai's pole shot from like outside the box. So ninth isn't going to be a problem. Okay, I'm changing Vlanderin third overall. Yeah, I do not. I might and Vlanderin could win a moto if he gets a start. And then if he wins a moto, he's going to win the overall. Basically, oh, I, I just I, don't know. Basically, I want to put Olsen, Jacoby, Watson, Evans, Muse, Vial, Gertz, Vlanderin, all on the podium. Yeah, well, I, I, I... But I don't think I'm allowed. No, I agree with you, but I would definitely take out Vial and uh, Gertz. Gertz was fourth. I know, but... I know, but... I'm just saying. Okay. But yeah, my MX2 predictions. Watson, MX2's just up in the air. Watson, Olsen, Vlanderin. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Which let's see what we got to. Uh, let's see what we got tomorrow. Let's see. So we hope you enjoyed our little analysis of um, our Saturday podcast. I'd like to apologise for my um, what would you call it? My distractions halfway through. Yeah. A fan was walking past. You are getting this a lot now. Said, I say a fan. I say, I mean a random spectator of a GP. Yeah. Uh, Recognised the voice of mine. Yeah. From the post-race podcast, and then started smashing the awning that we were sat next to and unzipping it from the outside which is impressive because I don't actually know how you can do that no and then poking their head through and trying to be involved yeah. and you've got your back to them I'm staring head on so it's quite distracting sorry yeah we will we, we will we will rebuild <laughs> try saying that after two points. yeah that was, a, that was a tongue twister cool um, so thanks everybody for listening in and uh, hopefully you'll listen to um, Lewis's podcast uh, a post-race podcast tomorrow night. I know that that guy will. I've forgotten his name. Matty Joe. Matty Joe Boyce? Matty Joe Joyce? I don't know. Yeah, Matty Joe Joyce. Matty maybe. Joe Joyce. Yeah, okay. I yeah. hope Matty Joe Joyce listens to this. Yeah, me too. But then also I hope he doesn't feel bad that we said he ruined the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then... He's uh, drunk right now, so he doesn't care. Maybe he will when he's sober. And we've got another podcast show, which is going to be uh, this week. Yep. And... Um, Cannot wait. And who knows? The grind has started. It was fun and games when it was episode one. We're now in the grind of week yeah. after week. And we're doing quite well because um, did we upset anybody last week? No. We're all good. We've never actually upset anyone. There was just miscommunication. Okay. What about the British Championship? And that's all we've got time for. Okay. We'll see you in a week. <laughs>